0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. I think if another planet of aliens sent some people to Earth, sent their... their inhabitants of the earth um, to study holiness my guess is what they would come away with is that cows are holy somebody named moley is holy and if they happen to watch um frank barone on everybody loves raymond they'd they come away with crap is holy it's um it's funny the way the things we attach wholly to in our culture and it's um, in fact thinking in terms of aliens I don't know if you've seen the movie Cocoon or not but it's an older movie but, but aliens come to earth and uh, to retrieve the pods of, of aliens that have been deposited and left here and take take them back and they come to this retirement community in Florida and these, these folks are swimming in the pool where these pods are stored, and, and they start to feel better, and their, their health gets better, and their heart rate gets better, and, and all these older folks are, come, come gravitate toward this pool, so that they found the Fountain of Youth, seemingly. Well, they discover it's aliens that are bringing all this about, and uh, initially they're a little bit in some fear and caution, and caution turns to acceptance acceptance turns to admiration and, and admiration turns to influence to the, to, to the extent that the, at the end of the movie, many of them are leaving this retirement community to, to, to go back to wherever these aliens are from so they can experience the, the continual fountain of youth and never die. Um, that's in part, I think, conceptually what Peter's trying to get across to us, that we are to be foreigners and aliens in this place to the extent that our lives lived in that in a Christ-like way. Should draw people to us and in turn take them with us when we leave here. It's uh, it, it, I, I wonder if that's happening, but that's the design anyway. I think in what Peter is trying to get us to see here as, as strangers here that we looked at last week. Turn to First Peter chapter one, and we're going to look at verses thirteen to sixteen together today around this idea of our being called to holiness. First Peter chapter one verse thirteen says, "Therefore." In the Old Testament and the New Testament are two different words but, but that mean the same thing. The, the, the Greek text in the, in, in the New Testament uses the word hog for holy, which it's, it's spelled H-A-G, but pronounced H-O-G, hog, uh, and it, it describes being pure, a pure or disciplined action. In the Old Testament, the word is kadash, which means a separateness or uniqueness, a, a, a by design being different than others. Um, this idea of it being a, a, a disciplined a- a action on our part, a pure and disciplined action is where I want us to begin in this text at verse 13, because holiness, first of all, is a mental discipline. Holiness is a mental discipline. Look at 13 with me again. It says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ Jesus is revealed at his coming. Alert minds, he's saying here, fully sober. In essence, he's saying here that we can't pursue holiness and stay in naivety at the same time. We can't stay in naivety and pursue holiness because holiness is a pursuit toward maturity. It is our, our continual pursuit toward finding a deeper and more mature walk with Christ. And notice that Christians aren't asked to check their minds at the door when they accept Christ. In fact, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 says, Come now, let's reason together, says the Lord. Uh, Though your sins are as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. They are red like crimson. They shall be as wool. But come, he says, think on these things. Let's reason together. Reason with me about these things. Digest these things. Uh, uh, Develop your mindset, your mental mental acuity around these kinds of truths, he's saying. So when you know better, ignorance is not an excuse, but rather a lesson to learn in the process of our becoming holy. Uh, Maturity doesn't necessarily comes with mileage. It comes with engagement. Don't miss that. Maturity doesn't necessarily come with mileage. You may have been a believer for 30, 40, 50 years and no deeper in your faith today than you were when you accepted Christ. Maturity comes with engagement, with my stepping into the word, stepping into the world, stepping into a walk with Christ. Um, in fact, if you're taking notes in addition to what the, what the fill-in-the-blank notes are, write down those three words, word, walk, and world. It's it's my engaging the Word of God, it's my engaging others in my walk and engaging this culture, engaging the world. Uh, This idea of our pursuing maturity is around this idea of engagement, of our being plugged in and and, and beyond just knowing more and studying more, but doing more. So don't miss that. So the question comes then, do, do you have an awareness of not just what's going on in the world around us, but what God's Word says about what's going on in the world around us? See, we can watch the news, and it may seem rather desperate sometimes in watching the evening news. Uh, That's why we usually watch other things in our house. But um, it may seem that we're in desperation. God's not surprised by anything that's going on in our world and in our culture today. Nothing surprises him. And so what we need to do is look at what's going on in our culture and and the world around us in light of what God says about that in his word. We were living out Matthew 24 if, if if that was ever true we're living that that, that patch of scripture out in our culture today and we are the, the generation that's seeing those things come to pass uh seeing that seeing that happen around us um but we have to engage and be aware of what god's word says about the, the, the culture that we're living in now hearing the culture and listening to the spirit at the same time those are two drastically different things we can hear uh, something going on in the background while we're concentrating on something else but listening is an active pursuit. We can hear, the, hear we, You can hear birds singing and you can hear your, your car engine going down the road. Your, your mind may be on something else. You can hear a lot of things but listening requires an active pursuit of our, of our being intentional about what's being said, what's being taught, what's being, being shared, what's being disseminated, what is God saying and what's the lesson in our culture that I'm to draw from those things. Hearing and listening are different things. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit and hear what our culture is saying. Be aware of our culture and listen to the Spirit's response leading us to engage in the middle of it. It's a, that's a, a mental discipline that we have to get up every morning saying I want my walk today to be deeper than it was yesterday. God, I want to know you today deeper than I knew you yesterday. I want to, I want to see your hand and see your ways and follow them and engage in this culture around me better than I did yesterday. Holiness is a mental discipline. Secondly, Holiness is walking out what we know. Look at verse 14. It's walking out what we know. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil, evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. As obedient children, what do obedient children do? Well, they do what they're told to do. Hopefully, they do anyway. Uh, it's, it's, it's designed by God and by the authority of God for us to be obedient to Him, to, to His Spirit, and to His Word. What they don't stop to uh, uh, what, what they don't stop to analyze and see if there's consensus and, and, and see if their fear paralyzes them and us. Obedient children, and if you and I are obedient before the Lord, we don't stop to analyze his word and his ways or his will. We, we step into obedience and engage in obedience, um, living out what we know and not letting our fears paralyze us. Uh, last week I shared with you a story about this, this young uh Nicaraguan grandson that I was sharing with in a home in Nicaragua who knew that his accepting Christ would mean he'd had to leave out of his grand, granddad's house, couldn't live there anymore. And I told you the story of his, after his praying to receive Christ, he gets up out of his seat, goes over, places his hand on, on, the, on the shoulder of his granddad and urges his granddad to come to Christ. He doesn't, of course, in, in that setting. I don't know whether he has since then or not, but all that, all that his kid was about 20, 21, 22 years old. And all he knew in that moment was Jesus. That's all he knew. Never been discipled into anything beyond just a relationship with Jesus. But he was living out the Jesus that he knew in, in that moment and getting up and going over to his granddad, placing his hand on his granddad's shoulder. He knew, he know, he knew no scripture other than what I had read to him. Nobody had ever taken him, taken him, him under their wing to d- disciple him in the faith and in the truth. All he knew was Jesus. But he was living out Jesus, the Jesus that he knew, in putting his hand on his granddad's shoulder trying to influence him to come to Christ himself. We learn to walk out what we know, whether that's a little, whether that's a lot, just walk out what you know. When you learn to do that, I want to tell you what's going to happen. A hunger is going to develop in your heart and in your mind to know more than you know so that you can live more than you've lived. As we walk that out, I often use this analogy of a sponge. As that sponge is squeezed out, it wants to be filled back up again. As it's squeezed out again, it wants to be filled back up again. And so as we start to live out our faith and walk out our faith around those God's placed us around, we're going to be hungry to know him more, to seek him more, to understand his word more, his ways more. Um, and I'll just also hear that the evil desires, he said in, in verse 14, are a byproduct of ignorance. Don't stay in ignorance, he says. That same ignorance you walked with when you, when you were immature in your faith. Choose not to stay there uh, because evil grows out of ignorance. Uh, as he's saying it's the byproduct of, uh, of ignorance. So the more informed we are, the more right stuff should grow, grow out of our lives. The more holiness should grow out of, out of that uh, being more informed we are to, to his word and his ways and his will. Where do we learn that? We've got to get our nose in this book. If we're going to learn what, what God's ways are, what the right stuff is, we've got to know where, where to source that and to source Is from the Word of God, walking out what we know. That's what holiness looks like in addition to mental discipline. Thirdly, holiness not only looks like mental discipline, walking out what we know, holiness looks like a common call. Holiness is a common call. Look with me again, if you will, at verse 15. He says this, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all that you do. We saw last week God's first call to us was salvation, universal call, all of us to salvation. This is the second universal call that he's placing on our lives is to walk in holiness. Beyond salvation, your next step is to pursue a holy walk with God, pursue holiness, pursue him, pursue his holy ways. Beyond that, Scripture teaches us as well that each of us have a unique call and gifting, calling according to our gifting in Christ and according to the leadership of his Holy Spirit that he's placed within us. Those spiritual gifts are to be lived out in that unique call that he's placed on our life, whether it's, you may you may be gifted in the areas of relationships, you may be gifted in the areas of technology, you may be gifted in the areas of, of music, maybe gifted in the, whatever, whatever God has gifted you, he intends to, for you to use that to bring glory to his name as a unique call. But salvation is the first universal call. Holiness is the second universal call that he's called us to. So, Uh, salvation, this relationship, and holiness are the starting places for every every Christ-filled believer, every Christ-follower to fulfill what God's designed for them to do. Conversely, most of us don't see ourselves as holy. I guarantee you, if I I took a poll in this room, how many of you think you're holy? You'd start looking around at somebody else. You'd think of, well, my grandmother, she was holy, or in the pastor, and he's supposed to be holy, and't he one of those holy guys? Missionaries aren't they holy? Most of us don't see ourselves conceptually as holy. God sees you through that lens. Hear that. He sees you as holy. Whether you feel holy or not, if you're his, if you belong to him, he sees you in a holy state. We've we got to look at what is real from His word, but instead of what we feel from the enemy. The enemy's going to tell you there's nothing holy about you. And, and in, in your carnal state, that's absolutely true. But God doesn't look at you in a carnal state. He looks at you through an eternal lens, through a perfect lens, through, through the lens that his blood paid for and bought and wiped away your sin. That's the lens he looks at you through and sees you through that as a follower of his that's holy. It, it's, it's, it is a unique and pure walk before him that he's calling us to. It's a common call. Thirdly, uh, fourthly, sorry, not only is holiness a mental discipline, not only is it walking out what we know and a common call, but fourthly, And finally, holiness is following the leader. It's following the leader. Look at verse 16. I don't know how this could be more clear. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. uh, Peter is referencing here, of course, a passage in Leviticus 11, God speaking to the nation of Israel to call them to holiness because they serve and know and follow a holy God. This fact that it is written is Peter reminding us that this is nothing new. A call to holiness is, is not a New Testament thing. It's nothing new. It, it traces back he says here to the nation of Israel and God calling them out to be holy. And in fact, all the way to the garden part of his design for sinlessness in the garden, part of his design for man not to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the sin of the garden was to keep them holy. To call them to, to, to a state of holiness above what, what uh, was the norm what they, what they, they, and the choices they made and became. So we can read what the scripture says about holiness but what does holiness look like with skin on this sounds good Tim this is all I, I'm for you you know but what's that look like with skin on what's that look like with with lived out spoken uh, uh, applied we need to look no further than look at the life of Christ look to his example look to his model his was and is a model of holiness for us to follow following the leader is, is what we're supposed to do here when I was in elementary school, in fourth grade, we had a young young teacher that was probably in her mid twenties, I would guess. It's the only time in elementary school I had a young teacher. All the rest of them were pretty old and 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 and, cratchety and rigid. And but this this young fourth grade teacher would let the line leader just kind of willy nilly, you know, wherever we were going, you just wherever the line leader goes, you you can curl the curl the not the other teachers I had in elementary school. You walk the straight line down the hall, don't you move, don't you get out of line, you're going to get smacked on, with a ruler on the back of your hand if you do. But James, this kid in my, in my fourth grade class, he was the guy to do that. And I was, I was still afraid. I, I was remembering my third grade teacher if, when I was a line leader and I walked pretty straight. But not James. I mean, James snaked around everywhere we went. Of course, we'd snake around. We thought that was cool because he had the guts to do that and rest, none of the rest of us did. But we followed the leader as he snaked around and that's exactly what, what he's saying here in our following the, the example of Christ to say be holy as I'm holy you follow the right example you're going to get the right results you follow a holy model you're going to model holiness he's saying here uh, my middle school shop teacher his name was Mr. Piercy uh, he was he was an older black gentleman and uh, pastor of the church on the side part-time and we were a bunch of hellions in shop class getting in trouble all the time and, and uh, setting things on fire. and other. Anyway, he, he, would, he would walk up on those scenes of disobedience and, and, and usually, well, sometimes, not, not always, but I was involved in a few of them. I remember him coming up to my table one day. I was talking with another guy. We were making paper airplanes, and he taps on the desk. Mr. Parker? It's always your last name. He never called you by your first name. Mr. Parker, redeem yourself, redeem yourself, and act like somebody. So I, I didn't get it then. I, I, in fact, I knew I was in trouble. But standing here as a 61-year-old instead of as a 13, 14-year-old, I get it. I get act, what, what act like somebody meant. And he was... He saw potential in me, and in all of us, really, not just in me. But that, that, that tap on the desk of redeem yourself and act like somebody is exactly what this text is saying. Act like you're holy because you have a holy model to follow. You have a holy example before you. You have a, have a holy example in, in the Scripture of how to, how to navigate this world, how to look at it through the lens that I want you to see it through. Follow that example. We're all acting like somebody, whether we, whether we know it or not. We're following somebody's lead. You are and I am, whether it's the lead of a, of a parent, of a friend, of a coach, of a, of, of a pastor, of a, somebody that's influenced your life, you're following someone's lead. But here's the thing, whether it's an earthly follow or whether you're following an eternal leader that, that we are to, the earthly leader is going to let you down. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do my best to live in front of you like Jesus as best I know how, but I'm going to eventually let you down because I'm, like, I'm not enough like Christ to tell you to follow my example other than, you follow me until you find somebody better. I will be bold enough to tell you that. Follow my example until you find somebody more like Christ than me. But I'm going to fall short. I'm going to eventually let you down. I'm going to eventually fall. But his model will never let you down. His model will never leave you short. Following his example, following his lead, will always take you where you, where you need to go, where he wants you to go, where he's designed for you to be. Um, in fact, this text generally is saying, is God saying, you're the one I want, and I've got you exactly where I want you to be. You were born into the, wor- in, in, into the world at this time and, and in this season to exactly model me to this culture. Now, sometimes I feel like I was born in the wrong time frame. You may feel that way too. But God doesn't make any mistakes in that, and he's saying to us, walk out holiness in the midst of an unholy culture. And we may think that our, our culture can't get any more unholy, but it can And it likely will, according to what his word says. But he's saying here, walk out holiness in the midst of an unholy culture, in in an unholy place, full of unholy people. Uh, This this idea of of, of being dependable for him is is what he's calling us to do and be. um, The ball's lost yesterday, but. I don't know if, you, if you've ever noticed the, uh, a guard that plays for them by the name of Santiago Vescovi. He's a clutch free throw shooter when the time is, is needed for that to happen. Every other time throughout the duration of about any game, he shoots about 85%. In the last four minutes of a game, he shoots 93%. He's a clutch player. That's exactly what God is calling us here. Be sober. Be alert, see the things around you, see the culture you're placed in, and walk out holiness. Be dependable in these last days. Be dependable in the clutch. Be dependable when life is crumbling around you, when when the world is falling apart around you. Let people see your holiness in the midst of all of that. Because as we wrap, I want you to see what I shared with you earlier. He sees you as holy. You may not see yourself that way, but he sees you that way. And I think it's time we start to look at our lives through his lens and not our own. Am I going to look at my life through his lens or mine? If I'm going to look at life through mine, I will never see holiness in me. I will always listen to the enemy who says, you're not, you can't, you won't. But if I look at my life through his lens, he says, you can, you are, you will, because I've placed the things you need in you, meaning the word and the spirit. I've placed those things in you to walk out holiness. Now walk it out. It's a common call. Walk out the holiness that he's called us to. Let's pray. Father, today, these reminders in your word of what you're calling us to is is to be unique, to be separate, to be distinct, to be different, to be pure, to live a life of discipline, to live a life of maturity, to live a life that pursues you intentionally and doesn't just expect that to happen on its own. Those things are the things that lead us to holiness. Those things are the things that lead us to a life and, and mindset and, and actions and will that acts like you, that walks that out in front of others around us. Would you teach us today not just to let those things happen by accident occasionally, but to pursue those things intentionally, to find ourselves disciplined and headed in that direction day after day after day. Your holiness is what you called each of us to in this room, and I pray today that we'll not just see it, but find it and we'll not just hear you but listen to you listen to what you're saying from your word to us and from your spirit to our hearts to say be holy as i am holy walk out holiness in a dark and dying and desperate culture that needs to see jesus they'll long to be like that they'll long to follow you where you're going to the place you're going if we walk it out in jesus name we pray amen Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.